Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back, Quick Brain. Your question for today is a question we get all the time. It's probably one of the most asked questions, really. How do you find your passion? How do you find your purpose? How do you find a thing that most people feel like it lights them up? And I'm really excited today because I have a dear friend here today who is a best-selling author. He's the host of a wildly popular podcast and he's also the creator of the Sparkotype model, the assessment, which is really the source code for performance, for personal expression, for flow. And it's none other than Jonathan Fields. Thanks for uh, being here. My pleasure. Awesome to hang out. I want to talk about this question. A lot of people on social media and in our community, they're a little bit discouraged because they feel like they have to find their passion or they don't know their why. And you hear these things all the time. And so... Let's define, first of all, what is passion? How do you define passion and purpose? Yeah, and I think there's so much confusion around that, so I'm glad we're starting here. And I also think they're used interchangeably really often, which creates a lot of the confusion. Let's start with passion because that's a trigger word for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> um, when a lot of people think about passion, you know, like they think about what is the thing that just leaves them breathless that they can't not do when they wake up in the morning every day, they run out to do. My take on passion is related to the idea of purpose. So if you had asked me years ago, do most people have some sort of sustained through line of purpose that kind of follows them for the vast majority of their life that's well-defined, probably would have rolled my eyes and thought, no. <laughs> I've come to believe that actually most of us do have that deeper imprint, that thing that gives us a drive to do something that at the end of the day fills us with a sense of meaning. That's purpose. Yeah. So that's purpose for me. And my view on passion is that passion is a granular external expression of purpose. So when a lot of people you know, use these words interchangeably, I think we get tripped up because we say, well, don't tell me what my passion is. Or like, they'll ask, what is your passion? As if it's one thing. And I actually, if you sort of work from the way that I would relate them say, okay, so there is this core, there's something which is a deeper imprint, which is driving a lot of the work and the way that you contribute to the world. But that can be expressed in thousands of different ways over the course of your life. So you can have thousands of different passions, but very often they all relate to being expressions of this something that's deeper, that is sustained mm -hmm. over a long period of time. So you could be painting, you could be, building spreadsheets, you could be launching companies, you could do all these different things, and you could be deeply passionate about each one of them. Right. To me, very often, I'm curious about what is the universal deeper driver, which is where, you know, like for me, the deeper purpose comes from and the deeper driver of meaning that crosses all of those sort of granular expressions that I would call passions. Mm. And I would really want to highlight something you said that we could have multiple passions because I feel like some people believe that there's something wrong with them because they haven't found that one thing in terms of that they're passionate about. But it's okay to have many intense interests. Yeah, and sort of like working with the definition I would offer, your passions may evolve you know, like many times over the course of your life as your interests, your locations, like your skill set, your experiences evolve too. 
because you're not going to express the same thing in the same medium, in the same place, exactly the same way for your life. And in fact, if you define yourself by that one very often time-limited, very specific expression, and circumstances change in your life that don't allow you to do that anymore, then you essentially find yourself lost rather than saying, okay, so this was one way that I actually let this out. Like this was a path to let this deeper thing out. And maybe that has come to an end, but because I know that deeper driver of purpose, the thing that gives me the deeper sense of meaning that's more universal, I can now look out at the world and see any number of different ways to channel that into a new passion. Now, how important is it if people want to find their passion, how important is it to, for them to experiment or play or seek novelty? Let's say parents are watching this and they want to help their child to find what their passion or discover their passion. What would your advice be then? I think it's really important to run experiments constantly. Call that play, do everything in all sorts of domains that you have no idea if you would have any interest in at all. And I think it's really interesting because, especially in the U.S., there tends to be this really intense focus on just do one thing and get really, 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 really good at it. Mm -hmm. What we do is we conflate accomplishment with purpose. They're not the same thing. You can be extraordinary at one thing, which is sort of like the modern definition of success. You know, become a master at this one thing. And when you have become massively accomplished at it, now you're successful. And maybe that thing becomes the thing you eventually earn a living at. Now you're successful. I cannot tell you how many people I have known throughout my life who are incredibly accomplished at things that give them no true enduring sense of meaning or purpose or deeper sense of joy. People who've built companies and are incredibly accomplished at the process of doing that, but they're building things where they wake up in the morning, they actually don't want to go to work at the company they built anymore because there's no sense of purpose or meaning in what they're doing. And we tend to just automatically assume that the pursuit of accomplishment, you know, that check this, check this, check this until I get the big check, like that's going to make me feel this amazing thing. Like I've got a deep sense of purpose and meaning and passion, but that's not true. You know, if what you do is you pursue the path of accomplishment, starting from something where it's shown itself as being an expression of that deeper driver that just intrinsically lights you up. To me, that's what we all aspire for. That's the thing we wake up in the morning and we're like, wow, just clear the path so I can do more of this thing. And then if you pursue accomplishment aligned with that, you know, that is a really important part of the way you contribute to the world, the way you fill yourself up and how you live. You know, that's a big piece of a life well lived. And you call that deeper driver their sparkotype? Yeah, I sort of got really curious because if you ask the average person, what are you here to do? Or what is your sense of purpose? What is your purpose? Or passion, because a lot of people conflate these things. But I really like to focus on purpose because there's a clear, direct link to meaning. You'll usually get a very superficial answer. That is very often a passion, actually. It's a time-limited, specific expression of this deeper driver. But then if you keep asking, and what's driving that? And what's driving that? And what's driving that? And what's driving that? You get down to a much deeper imprint. I look at it as your inner DNA for purpose, expression, and flow. And what I mean by that, it is the source code level answer to the thing that allows you to do something that fills you with a sense of purpose, which leads to the feeling of meaning. 
to feel like you're fully expressed in the world. And in doing that, you can more readily access this state of flow where time seems to fugue and you become absorbed in the thing. You become hyper-productive, hyper-efficient, hyper-cognition, hyper-creative. And that's something that we all want. Right. And there's that quote that talks about finding the thing that lights you up is what the world needs more of, you know, sometimes when it's challenging and dim. I want to really also emphasize you're talking about the work and doing the work. It's not the same, but it's similar, like finding true love. It's your passion. It's like you're going out and you're dating a lot and you're seeing what sticks and what stimulates you, what lights you up. And then once you find it, just finding true love is not just discovering, it's developing it. It's doing the work also as well because it's effort. But it's fulfilling effort. Like rock climbing could be effort, working out could be effort, but it could be also fulfilling work also as well. Yeah, we seem to think that we don't like work. We love work. What we don't like is work that empties us rather than fills us. Effort is not the problem. Right. Alignment is the problem. Like meaning. That's the difference between somebody who can work in the lobby of your building and some people, they're just lit up serving and they're doing that and doing their work, but they bring the joy to it because there's meaning in it. Exactly. And if it allows you to express that deeper thing. So can we talk a little bit about the benefits and neurological, physiological effects of finding your purpose? Yeah, it's really interesting, right? Because it would seem to be this really soft thing, purpose. It's actually a fair amount of research that's now going on around how having a sense of purpose affects us. In the research, they label it purpose in life, which is this sense of meaningfulness. Like I wake up in the morning and I have this purpose where like I know why I'm here. And research has identified some really powerful neurological and physiological benefits of this. So neurologically, what we see is in older populations, 60 and over, that your risk of dementia and cognitive decline drops dramatically simply by having a sense of purpose in life. You know, like nothing else, there is a correlation between it. And of course, with all of this research, it's very hard to show causation, but the correlation, the numbers are really strong. But it's not just older populations, it's also everybody. So people who are not sort of like moving into the part of their life where cognitive decline is normal, for anyone who's sort of in the middle years of their lives, having a sense of purpose in life is neuroprotective. It actually helps slow or stop this sort of like expected cognitive decline that helps with age. So really important, actually, if you want to sort of like stay there, that you figure out like, what is this thing for you? On a broader physiological level, we also now know that research shows that there is a strong correlation between having a sense of purpose in life and a reduced risk of stroke, reduced risk of cardiovascular disease, and reduced inflammation in the body. And a lot of other research is showing a strong connection between inflammation and your disease risk for almost every other form of disease. And we also know that the effect of purpose in life on state of mind is really powerful. So it also affects your risk for depression, especially, and this is interesting, it seems that it is less protective in the older years in life, but more protective in your younger years of life, where there tends to be a huge amount of now anxiety and stress. So when you kind of zoom the lens out, you say, okay, so if having a strong sense of purpose in life actually has a bit of an inverse relationship to anxiety and stress, and anxiety and stress have a direct relationship to inflammation and all-cause mortality and disease risk, it's all tied together. So this one thing 
has a strong relationship, not just to your, quote, performance metrics, your cognitive capabilities, but the level of inflammation, pain, discomfort, and risk of disease in your body. And that makes sense because uh, I think people realize this, or it could be common sense that if someone is on purpose, they have less stress, they have more resilience, they have a higher level of mood, and generally what's good for your mood is going to be good for your mind. Yeah, I mean, I think you can endure so much more when you have a really clear understanding of why you're doing it, it, you derive a sense of meaning from it, and you feel that even if it's hard, even if it's stressful along the way, you're doing it because it's the thing you cannot do. Mm. And what advice would you give to somebody who's listening to this right now who is really discouraged? They're a little disenchanted. People have told them to find their purpose. They know they should find their purpose, but they feel less than or not enough because maybe their friends or people around them, or it seems like everybody on social media is living their purpose and path, what would your advice be for them? Yeah, well, first, the research actually shows that the vast majority of people are not doing that or living that. Yeah. <laughs> um, contrary to what you see on social media, like everybody's living their shiny, happy, everything is awesome, I'm doing what I'm here to do life. Like, largely fiction for the vast majority of people. I mean, if you look at the data in organizations, it's crystal clear, you know, like the vast majority of people haven't figured it out. So you're not alone. So one, just breathe a little easier. You're not the freak who's like the only one who hasn't figured it out. Most people haven't, in large part because nobody's taught us how to do any of this. But I think a lot of it, it's a combination of continuing to run experiments where you try different things out in the world so you can get experiences doing things. And it's not a matter of doing something to succeed. It's a matter of doing something to be able to answer, yes, does this give me energy or no, does this empty me? So that you can start to figure out what is the thing that I would just wake up in the morning and do more of and even pay to do, let alone be paid to do, because I just want to do it for reasons I may not be able to define. I think also journaling the things that give us, you know, like energy and take energy from us is really important too. Mm. And we're going to put a link also in our show notes to your Sparktype assessment, because there are a number of questions when myself and my team went through it that are really these primary questions. If you just ask yourself, like, for example, if money was not an object and, you know, the other things that they would do to light themselves up and take that consideration out of taking care of the basic necessities. Yeah. And that's a tool that we spent a lot of time building as a way to sort of see if we could help people get to that place faster. Yeah. We're going to do a whole episode on sparkotypes. So parting words for people who are watching this, what is something you would recommend that they could do to find their, either their passion and or purpose? So I think we want to start to look for the things that we feel intrinsically compelled to do more of or less of. And the things that seem to give us energy versus take energy from us. So I think a really interesting exercise to do is just keep a piece of paper or journal if you use a journal already, use an app on your phone if you want to do it, whatever is easiest. We want to make this easy, right? And over the next 24, 48 hours, pause on a regular basis throughout the day and ask yourself, what am I doing? Do I feel right now internally compelled, intrinsically compelled to do more of this? Or is my internal compulsion to just get it over with so I can stop doing it as quickly as possible? And at the same time, is the thing that I'm doing right now giving me energy or is it taking energy? And if you do this for 24, 48 hours, it starts to give you a really strong sense of the nature of activities, like day-to-day -day things that will give you hints to like, what is that deeper driver that may be that core imprint? And also what are the sort of like the outward expressions, the immediate passions? that maybe are things to build around. And also it'll give you a sense for, oh, maybe these are also things where 
the less I can do of these and the more I can build my day around doing as little of these as possible, that would be better. I love this challenge and I would challenge everyone who's watching or listening to this right now to take that challenge where you're taking out a notepad, a journal, and you're just writing, keeping a log. Because I think self-awareness is a superpower and noticing what we're already doing of the things that light you up or actually take energy from you. It's one of those things where I posted this on Instagram the other day. It was just like, maybe we're not burnt out or tired because we're just doing too many things, but maybe it's because we're not doing enough of the things that make us really come alive, that energize us, that give us that spark. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. Ah, my pleasure, always. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, want more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power. It's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag quick brain, K-W-I-K brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think. I hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you want to go deeper with many of these authors that we have on our podcast, these experts, I want to invite you to join our Quick Success program. This is our monthly lives that I do, where I teach something brand new that we haven't taught before, answer your burning questions. And also we have something that people have been requesting for many years, a quick book club. This is your limitless book club where every single month we read a book together, uh, like a book provided by this author. And then we get the author to come online and join us for a one hour uh, share, going deeper in these strategies, how to put them into practice. Uh, I share my five tips for how to memorize things out of these books. Many people want to read a book a month or build up to that. And this would be the program. So if you want to join, just go to quicksuccess.com and get your spot and join us live and get to meet these authors very uh, up close and personal. And uh, back to the episode.